everyone, it is Sam with MissionMonday.com, and if you listen to the last little short, I think I claimed it was going to be a two or three minute episode, and it was more like a four or five minute episode, but I reference what is about to happen today. I am here with Natalie Roberts Day, affectionately known as Nat, and also I would say she is the captain of the mothership known as YMCA Camp Kataki. Is that an appropriate job title? Sure, yeah. Right Associate on. Executive Director is my official title, <laughs> but I like Captain. Captain that of works. the Mothership. Yeah, that works that'll for me. work. Right on. <laughs> so Nat and I connected, oh, a couple of years ago. She was good enough to ask uh, myself and Mark to come out and speak at the Mid America uh, Camping Conference. And boy, there were just crazy logistics that went back and forth with that, and it ended up being just me and not Mark. And we've always kind of like kept in contact since. And now that I mentioned on the last little thing I recorded, she was one of those people that reached out to me and she asked me to speak at this. And I was like, why on earth did they ask me? And she said, well, my husband's a teacher, has seen you speak. I started to follow some of what you do. And I went, that works not just in classrooms. It could work at my camp. And I went, that's what I like to hear. And so uh, Nat holds a place near and dear in my heart for saying that. And we, a long time ago, tried to set up a podcast and it just didn't work out schedule-wise. But maybe that's good because also, like I mentioned in the last little recording, I recently tweeted out something, my notion that education is all about stories, that it's about creating, listening, and sharing stories. And it really doesn't matter what the discipline or topic is. It's applicable across the board. And then Nat made a comment, I think, on Facebook about it, and tagged Jason that she works with here at Camp Kotaki. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, this just feels good. So, Nat, it's a long introduction. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good. a beautiful day. It's not raining anymore. It was no. earlier, so I'm pleased. A wee bit of humidity, but nothing I can't handle. So yeah. I, think, I think we're going to be okay. So, first of all, I guess what I would want to know is when you read that tweet or post, whatever it was, about education and stories... Why did that click with you? Yeah, so when you tweeted that out, uh, it was right as we were getting things set for our staff training, and so I'd been doing a lot of thinking about how we teach our staff, and our staff are mostly like college age, so 19 to 24-year-old is kind of the, the mean sort of range that we work with, um, and they... Uh, come to us with lots of amazing skills, but not always with the breadth and depth of youth work that um, we, we need them to have. And so thinking about how we get them to think about things and breaking things down into really concrete, here is what we are doing with the job, is something that is, is a big part of my role as a trainer. And each of those components, the listening to stories, creating stories, and sharing stories, fits in really neatly with some of the missions we have at camp and some of the different pieces that we need our staff to have in their heads to be um, creating successful experiences for our campers and for themselves. I think that's really interesting. I, I want to talk a little bit your role as a trainer because I think you're in an enviable position um, in that it's better than it used to be. Um, and by used to be, I mean back when I was student teaching. I think my student teaching was 10 weeks long, which was not long enough, and boy, I thought I knew what I was doing, and then I got a real classroom. And I, education programs do a much better job of providing those experiences before student teaching comes around now. I don't know that it was always the case, but it used to be we would get people as student teachers, and it would be evident in a hurry they were not ready. Maybe it wasn't even the right fit for them. Um, but they just went through three and a half years of college to be a teacher. 
and now they got a classroom, and oh goodness, uh, you're in that sweet spot where it's like, hey, this is maybe something I want to do when it comes to working with kids, or this sounds like a great job, or I remember how awesome camp was. Um, but they're still in that formative stage. Tell me a little bit about your role as, more about that role as a trainer with those, because they're, so, they're almost, they're just fresh out of not camper-ish, and they're not ready for, I'm full-on adult-ish. Yeah. That sounds so cool. Definitely. Um, so we have a lot of people who, come, actually it's funny that you mentioned that, because a lot of people come to us because they are thinking, I am thinking that I want to work with kids, and this is like my trial yes, period. Yes, yes. Which is really, really, given the right sort of supports, I think everybody could be an exceptional youth worker, or a lot of people could be, mm -hmm. and camp has a lot of those supports built in. So we do a 10-day intensive staff training that's overnight and everything, and the whole point of it is help you be a functional team and human, and help you understand how kids work. And I know that when you're preparing for classroom things, there's so many other goals with you know standards and testing and all these different things that we don't have to worry about. All we have to do is kind of get them to a point where they can manage behavior and connect with kids. So it's, it's a really awesome and I agree it's very enviable for us to have. And there's a lot of unique challenges with people being in that kind of formative stage. But I think when they come around, once it clicks for them, it clicks so well and it's so awesome. And I am always selling to people at job fairs and things like that. This is going to be the best preparation you're going to have to oh, be a teacher. Sure. Things like that. We have so many teacher alum uh, because... Either people came to us because they were like, I'm trying this out, I think I want to do it, and then found their passion for it, or they knew it was what they wanted to do, and then they felt like they were uh, exceptionally well prepared to go off into education because of the training and the skills and practice they had, especially that kind of camper management and sort of one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship building pieces that are kind of built into what we do at camp. And I'd even say, probably beyond the teaching field, I mean... If you can figure out how to relate well with, you know, the quote-unquote student or camper or whatever tribe we're ascribing them to, you can relate well to people. You can relate well to coworkers. You can be a good follower. You can be a good leader. It's all translatable. And I think sometimes people just go, oh, it's an education thing. It's not. It's not just a school thing. It's not just a camp thing. It's like a life thing. So... Uh, that is so funny that you say that because literally pretty much every week of the summer at some point I am talking to a group of people about how if you want to succeed with your kids, talk to them like people. They're humans. Yes. They might be shorter than you are, but they're still people. Talk to them like you would any other people, age and developmentally appropriate, but just talk to them like they are people because kids are wicked smart and they understand a lot more than I think we give them credit for. And I recently gave that advice in an inverse way. I uh, was speaking at a superintendent's academy. These were people who were aspiring to be superintendents. And they were talking about what's it like working with a school board. And I said, I do my best to treat them like my students. And that's not, oh, school board's up here and students are down here. It's no, I had a, a ton of respect for my students. There's a lot of preparation that it takes on my part to work well with students. I want my students to learn. These are all things I want on my board. And yeah, when we forget that it's not... It's not a hierarchy. I mean, it's not a status. It's just we're working with people. It translates so well. Um, I'm going to try to put you on the spot a little bit because you talked about um, there's so many things that it fits in with your training, your onboarding, bringing staff on board, 
how make it, and I don't even know that I'm using the right phrase, make a story out of this. Tell me, do you have a specific circumstance where with your intensive training with your staff, here's how a story fits in? Yeah, uh, so it comes about in a couple different ways, and one of them is staff love to impart their wisdom on each other, and that is a really valuable, you know, every year we have a large amount of turnover because staff will graduate and things like that, but we also have a pretty good consistency, mm -hmm. and so bringing everybody together to one family, a lot of how that comes about is people sharing stories, so, you know, when I am talking about, uh, you know, what to do if you're you're missing a camper, which happens very rarely. And so we preface that with like, all right, it's going to be fine. You're going to do head counts and that's not going to happen. And if it is, then they're either in their bunk still asleep because you didn't do the head count before or after rest hour, mm -hmm. or they're at the pond because every camper in camp inevitably ends up at our pond because it's like a magnet for kids because there's frogs and turtles and everybody <laughs> just wants to look at it. Um, but I, I like to share also because I've been at this since uh, 2002. So I have had a couple of those more random experiences. Mm -hmm. So I've talked about the two kind of times where that wasn't the case. And one of them was a kid was hiding under a picnic table because he was upset about something. And so I sprinted the like mile and a half to Platte River State Park and all around camp in like this whole searching thing. You know, we're all on the radios and coordinating. And did you check here? And did you check here? And all of these things. And we're in coordination with the parents and all of this. And this is, you know, like in a 20 minute window that all this is going on. But it feels but, like forever and three seconds in the moment. <laughs> and so I think them like they love to hear those stories and connect it to what they'll be doing. And it also, I think, really puts their mind at ease. Like, oh, since 2002, you've had two of these examples and both of them turned out fine and really weren't actually that big a deal. And so I think that stories have a real power to connect, but also to... Um, help us gain perspective and whether that oh, is yes. perspective when things are really like, Oh my goodness, everything is horrible. Or whether that's perspective on like, wow, this was a win. I think that stories have that power. And when we do that in training, uh, I think it, it helps people sort to build a picture of what the job will be. Cause you know, in day training at the camp where the kids are going to be, but the kids aren't there yet. So we're not having that hands-on practice. It's all mm -hmm. theoretical until the kids get there, which is why we tell our staff, the real staff training starts Sunday of session one when the kids arrive, mm -hmm. uh, which is very accurate. Um, and people are often like, wow, I didn't believe you. But yeah, I, I felt a lot more prepared after week one than I did after staff training. I knew a lot more than I thought I knew at that <laughs> point. So, See, and uh, that's a couple of different things that I'm riffing on what you said there is I think people do know, know more than what they think they know, but they've got to be brave enough to face it. And then it's also awesome when they can have that humility and go, there was a lot I did not know, but boy, I'm learning it fast. Uh, the other thing I really like about that story that your these campers are, you are being very courageous in the vulnerability that you share in that circumstance because we have all messed up. And it's you have to be able to let people know it's possible that you're going to mess up. We don't want to do that. We're going to do everything we can to not mess up, but here's me. I'm running the show. Let me tell you about when I screwed up a couple of times. That's not always so easy for people to do, and it's really hard to be vulnerable in the moment when the bad stuff is happening, but when you can take that time and reflect on it and say, all right, how can I be vulnerable in front of somebody with this experience so they can learn from it? 
and really, the, hopefully, they're going to learn two things. Number one, do your best to make sure it doesn't happen. And then number two, it's happened to someone else. They survived. What do I have to do to take care of people? People don't always, they're not always so keen to share those experiences that, where things didn't go their way. Yeah, and I think that is a huge mistake, and that's something that I have developed as a professional to understand how much owning up to your mistakes and saying, yeah, I screwed up there, what are we going to do about it, or what do I need to do about it uh, with your team can really garner so much more respect. I think people are often very worried, like, oh, if I admit this fault, people are going to, you know, view me negatively or you know, whatever, they're not going to think I've got my act together. And the reality is I think the opposite is very true because nobody fully has their act together and people are frustrated with leaders who can't admit that and own up to it. And for me, I think a turning point was, you know, I have, I have kind of grown up at this camp and so I, I knew people and was supervising peer-ish people. And then as I started to be supervising the people who were campers when I was a staff member and now at this point, you know, my, my leadership team I've known since they were seven, and so I have been able to... <laughs> oh, that's so uh, cool! <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really great for, for a lot of different reasons, but I have been able to kind of feel comfortable with, like, trying out some of that, like, real, everything, all cards on the table, guys, here's, here's what I did. And from that, seeing the way that ended and how successful that's been, I've been able to kind of take that and more broadly apply it to... I think a lot of other areas in my life, and uh, I think that it's something that everybody should keep in mind: is that nobody's impressed by the successes you have. Like people are, you know, mm -hmm. on a surface level, but what people really care about are those times where things were really hairy, and then admitting those things. And that's that's the better story, I think. People and the the story that people are much more engaged in because they can put themselves in that. You know, when you're on a pedestal. People don't often put themselves on that pedestal with you. When you're down in the mm -hmm. trenches, people want to be there with you, and I think that there's value in that. Yeah, I uh, I want to go through and rewrite my resume now, and I want to take off all the credentials, all the diplomas, all the achievements, and just see on a one-page resume how many things can I list that I got wrong and how did I get over them. That I don't think that would get me a job anywhere, but it might be a... I'm gonna, I'm, gosh, I'm teaching a class... Starting next week, I might add to my syllabus and make this an assignment. This, like where your head's at on this nap. I think that's a great idea. Um, I have one more question for you. Yeah. And we were, we were talking about my son, Ezra. Nat was asking how he was doing before we started. And he's just 18 months old, but I'm already so excited for him to be old enough someday to come to Camp Kentucky. But I think this, if somebody doesn't want to send their kid here after just listening to this, I don't get those people. But... If you were going to say, here's why your kid should come to camp and here's what they're going to get out of it, what would you tell them? Oh, man, I'm going to blow your mind here and I'm going to connect that to this listening story. Awesome. Listening to stories, creating stories, and sharing stories things. So I think at a baseline, what all people need, and especially kids, is someone to listen to them and listen with genuine empathy. And I think that when that happens kids just light up because a lot of times, you know, you go to a restaurant and the waiter or waitress will ask the parent, what is he or she want? And they aren't even, like, they're not even acknowledging that that person is there. You know, my five-year-old, she's six now, but as a four and five-year-old, she could order just fine and mm -hmm. she would. And people would be like, oh, what a cute little adult. And I'm like, yeah, you know, 
That's she's what got they some are. agency. She's, That's what I want. She's people, like we all are. Uh, and I think that kids aren't listened to. They are a, a population that, on the whole, people feel okay just shoving to the side. Mm-hmm. And when they come to camp, our, our staff and our um, cabin groups and everything are focusing, focusing on giving them that attention and uh, listening to their thoughts on life. And it's so awesome. Kids have such amazing thoughts on life, and they're wicked smart, and they have so many amazing stories to share and when they are listened to they feel like wow I can really be my true self and kids come to us and they tell us uh, all the time camp is the place where I feel like I can be myself and I can really be who I am and I think that's because we listen to them and then we support whatever they're saying you know if a kid says hi my name is Meatball call me Meatball we're like cool Meatball (laughs) tell me about your favorite Minecraft game or whatever it might it's not Minecraft now it's Fortnite but whatever thing you want to you want to ask somebody Um, and so I think listening is a big part of things and then we create experiences together because you know we are at camp where Everything is like new and weird and different. So generally in life, kids aren't riding horses with their 10 new best friends. And they're not usually running around dressed as grandmas, pinching people's cheeks and about their grandkids uh, dressed in like weird costumes. And so they're creating all of these stories through all of these like weird experiences that we set up very intentionally, but feel just like, what a weird thing we're doing today at camp. (laughs) And so they're creating these stories together and there's a lot of fun and magic that happens in that. And there's also, because everything is kind of new and different, people get to try on different identities. Mm -hmm. So whether that's trying on being a grandma for a day or trying on being a theater kid when maybe at school they're really sporty and just giving that space to kind of create and shape their own story. I think that there's a lot of value in that and a lot of confidence building uh, for campers because of that. And then they're doing it again, like I mentioned, in a group of people and we bring people from all different walks of life, kids who maybe in school have a one-on-one para and they are like the the kid who has a one-on-one para in school but out at camp they're just a kid and the fact that they maybe are squirrely or whatever kinds of things matter a little bit less because our goals are a little different um or you know kids who come with uh only you know the change of clothes for the week and that's all the clothes they have in the world or the kids whose parents go out and buy them brand new North Face sleeping bag and brand new, you know, Adidas tennis shoes and everything for the week. They're in a cabin together and they're sharing a living space and they're sharing meals and they're sharing all of these different memorable moments. And I think that there aren't enough experiences that push kids to see themselves. And I think that camp uh, does that. And then again, they're doing that all together in a way where they have a story to tell from that. And that story is their camp experience. And for a lot of kids, whether they come just the one time or they're here for, you know, 11 years and then never leave, maybe like me as a director now, <laughs> um, you know, that, that story is a part of them and a part of their, how they identify. And so I think that all of those things, I don't know, I don't know how you would not want to that environment at that point. So that's maybe more than you were expecting. No, that's from exactly myself. what I was hoping so. for. I love it. Um, Nat, thank you so much. Hey, folks, if you're listening, I think you should take the time. Make sure you Google uh, YMCA Camp Kentucky. You're going to find out all about this great place. If you have a child, you'll find out how you can get that child here. And if you're somebody that can help out, I, I just looked at the website today, and there's a handy little thing that says Donate. If you click that, I'm sure that would help them out. We were, Nat gave me a tour before we started, and we were going through their makerspace, and she talked about uh, how many people have donated so that these kids have great things to create with in that makerspace. So 
that's one of the things that helps make this world run. So do some good. Um, as always, I think it would be awesome if you would check out missionmonday.com. I'm going to mention again, if you want to download our book, It Happens in the Hallway, you can do that for free this Saturday again. Nat, lived up to all the potential I had. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for your time.